0: I'm Angelique Roche, and this is Marvel's Voices. Unless you've been sitting under a rock, then you've heard of this little movie called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is amazing. I have no qualms. I'm not going to say anything else about it. I've seen it several times, and I absolutely love the movie. One of the coolest things about the movie, though, although we get introduced to my favorite spider person, Miles Morales... On Earth 1610, we also get to meet a lot of other spider people, and that includes a really cool spider person who is mentally, like, tethered to an irradiated spider in this really dope mecha suit. And that is Spider, spelled capital S, capital P, slash, slash, lowercase d, lowercase r, spider, and Penny Parker with one N, not two we were lucky enough to have our next guest for Marvel's Voices be the voice of Penny Parker, Kamiko Glenn, who some of you may actually know from Orange is the New Black, Waitress. She's also going to be in so many other things. She's in Bojack Horseman. like She's really busy, but also really amazing. Before I get to the interview, I want to talk a little bit about who Penny Parker really is and her introduction into the comics. Penny was actually introduced in 2014 in an anthology miniseries called Edge of Spider-Verse, which not only brought together a number of writers and artists, but also gave creators a chance to make their own versions of Spider-People. And you meet Penny as like a nine-year-old who's just lost her dad, who actually dies in this mysterious accident as he was operating this suit called spider where he has a psychological connection with a radioactive spider. And because there's this psychogenetic thing that goes with spider, this nine-year-old girl, Penny Parker, has to voluntarily decide to be paired with a radioactive spider in order for this suit, which was created obviously on an alternate Earth where Oscorp really just wants to protect the city. It doesn't want to destroy the city as she's being cared for by her Aunt May and her Uncle Ben. The weird thing about Aunt May and Uncle Ben, though, is that they're both scientists who also run the Spider program. When Spider was originally introduced in Edge of Spider-Verse, there was a very different look to it, right? It was very, very hardcore less of this Penny Parker sitting inside of it like if you've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Penny Parker sits at the top of the spider robot but in this one she really actually steps into it like a whole person much more like an Iron Man suit than um, the kind of capsule that you see in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and it's really cool I love both I think they're both really really neat but I think they take two different approaches to how Spider comes to life and what Spider looks like. And in fact, you do see two very different Penny Parkers, although their origin stories are very similar. You have a much more lively Penny Parker in the movie, Um, whereas Penny, when she's originally introduced in 2014, was very, like, I don't want to say the word emo, but, like, she was very sullen, very straightforward. She's a vegetarian. She uses her words very sparsely. And, you know, the cool thing about Penny is that yeah she also got bit by a radioactive spider yeah she's also a teenager who lost her parents but besides that like she physically doesn't have any superpowers her power is team working with a spider in a mech suit and being like uberly brilliant at utilizing computers and code and technology in order to protect her city you have this really interestingly cool story and then you meet penny a little bit later she's a teenager she's now got control of the suit and even cooler her mentor is daredevil like the alternate earth daredevil is her mentor which i think is kind of kind of badass in my personal opinion At the end of her first appearance, she's actually recruited to fight the vampiric inheritors with the rest of the spider people in Edge of the Spider-Verse. So for those of you who don't know, and this is like your first introduction to Penny, you should definitely go check that out. But also go check out that whole series. She was brought to the forefront again in 2018 in Edge of Spider-Geddon number two, which was a single issue that introduced a new nemesis, a rogue mecha named Venom and that's capital V-E-N pound sign hashtag M uh, which is also pretty cool because it's another little girl that's initially inside the Venom suit but it doesn't end up so well for her or Aunt May you should you should also go check out that series right now but What we're really here to talk about today is that she gets brought to life in the coolest way in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I had an opportunity to talk to the actress who actually does the voice of Penny Parker, Kamiko Glenn. She also is like an amazing Broadway performer. She sings, she dances. She's directed a short film called And All That Jazz, A Day in the Life of Roxanne Gayhart, which is pretty funny. She wrote the screenplay. So you should definitely also check that out. This is Kamiko Glenn's story. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Mm-hmm. They um not sorry. So yeah, you had a busy day today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been really great. The movie is doing really well. Amazingly. Uh, into the Spider Verse, I think I have been waiting since they teased that this movie was coming, I've been geeked <laughs> about it. Uh and you play Penny Parker. Yes. With an I, not a Y. Yes, with an I. And and one N. And one N, not mm-hmm. two Ns, because people confuse that. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big deal getting this name spelled correctly.
1: Yeah, it's like my name. No one spells it correctly. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I but get a lot of kamokos. Yeah. But it's so phonetic. It's so perfectly phonetic. I feel like it's pretty straightforward. I it's think Kimiko. people complicate things. You know? They do.
0: They do. <laughs> I was well, and I was trying to explain to somebody this idea that Penny Parker is this really cool character. That is one half of a really amazing set of superpowers. Mm-hmm. But the greatest thing about it is like Penny Parker is a badass. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and also just super nice, mm-hmm. super sweet, super energetic, and really empowering. Yeah. And the thing I love about the character is that you have this kind of, I guess I'll call it a motto, but kind of like this compass where you play empowering parts.
1: Oh, thank you. So,
0: for me, like, and I'm I'm so, like, I know what Penny Parker represents for me is, like, mm-hmm. she's also one of the younger spider people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's super powered and totally herself and, like, really smart. Like, mm-hmm. there's just scenes in that movie where you're like,
1: <laughs>
0: no idea what she's doing, but it's great.
1: Yeah, but she did it super quick.
0: <laughs> I was like, her yeah. fingers are magic. <laughs> um, what was
1: it about Penny that you felt you connected with. Well, there's so much. I mean, she's, you know, an unlikely hero. It seems because she's small and she's cute and she's very um, uh, expression <laughs> expression. She expresses herself, you know, and um, she just seems like the type of 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 character where you're like, well, that couldn't. She couldn't fight crime you know (laughs) but she does and she does it super well she's like actually really smart and she's really you know strong-willed and she has this awesome superpower of like being able to telepathically communicate to this robot and um so yeah i think i related to her because i i'm small (laughs) you know i have i i feel kind of like an unlikely hero in my own book you know so i kind of like that about her she's deceiving
0: (laughs) I like it. Her superpower is being deceivingly amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't expect it, but then she gets you.
0: You have like a really cool background. Basically, you've always known you wanted to act and be a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And from Arizona originally. Mm -hmm. Phoenix. um, Which is not New York. It's not LA. And in fact, you ended up going to boarding school, going to Michigan, and you
1: found your way into some really amazing roles. Yeah, really lucky. I mean, you can't really plan that. You know, it, it's not like, oh, I just, like, decided I want to be on Orange is the New Black or, you know, Spider-Man, the, the cool, new, diverse version. You know, like, <laughs> there, there's no way you can really plan it. It just kind of was lucky, and I'm so thankful. And also, I I strategically decide not to do certain things, you know, if I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's right or if I don't believe in it as much, you know, or if it's sending the wrong message. So I think mm-hmm. because I've said no to certain things, mm-hmm. it's actually – worked in my favor so
0: for you you have a very strong ethos around thwarting so stereotypes mm-hmm. and just seeing something like a Penny Parker mm-hmm. is like I know there's going to be so many little girls who are like this is great I've, I've, I've actually seen a tweet where a little girl was in the movie theaters a friend of mine's daughter and was like mom mom she does STEM She's, she, she likes science like I like science
1: oh that's so sweet
0: but you've also I, I did watch her short film
1: you did? It's, <laughs> it's so
0: ridiculously funny because oh, it was like, you. everybody knows someone who's a little bit of a bad person. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, she's wild. Roxanne Gayhart. <sighs> that was actually my friend Emily Althaus, who's on Orange is the New Black, with yep. me. Yeah, she's hilarious. Oh, but, she's so funny.
0: But you are, too. Like, you've, you've done some really great roles in thank Waitress, uh, which... Your vocal range is so much fun.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um,
0: when you were in fifth grade and you decided to start acting, like, what was that thing that made you decide that you were like, this is what I'm gonna do?
1: Yeah, it was singing. I mean, I I just loved doing impressions and grabbing my dad's camcorder and making dumb commercials about furniture and, and like, I've <laughs> furniture commercials, like, on sale now. Like, I would do dumb stuff like that and record myself with a cup of tea, and I called it Happy Cup News or whatever, and I would, like, report the news. And this was just me alone with myself and my dad's camcorder, <laughs> like, not really, like, showing anyone, just myself, just for fun, for me. Um, so that's kind of who I was as a kid. And I think my, my parents were like, well, I think we could maybe like scoot her in a, in a direction where this might be beneficial for her. And so, um, yeah, I, my dad just suggested um, for me to audition for a play and uh, a musical, actually. And I was like, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, how fun. And so ever since I did that, I was just so happy and I felt like I was expressing myself in a way that I felt like I, I couldn't. I was always a perfectionist. And I think that, you know, playing parts that are goofy or loud or, or wild just felt like I wasn't that, but I could be that if I wanted to on stage. And so that's kind of why I, I got into it. And I didn't, I didn't really, like, decide that I was doing it. I just knew that I needed to. It was weird. <laughs>
0: well, it's pretty ama- No, that's pretty amazing. I think for a lot of folks having that permission, like having parents who are like, okay, let's, let's do something productive with what's with going With all your on energy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our child has just so much energy. We need an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's turned into so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the thought process when you're looking at these roles? Because You've played Brooke Soso, but you've also played Lita Dispel, and you, you're you now playing Penny Parker, and they're all so much fun, mm-hmm. right? When you sit down and you look at a role, particularly as a woman, particularly as a woman of color, like, what is that thought process? Like, what goes through your head?
1: Well, initially, ins- the, en- the industry has changed so much um, since I started, but initially, there wasn't so much talk. It wasn't like there wasn't a conversation happening around why diversity is important. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was my um, my duty in a way to represent who I feel like I should represent, which is I'm, I'm biracial. I'm half white, half Japanese. And so I was like, I grew up very American. I, I didn't want to play the stereotypical like accented parts that, you know, I was at the very beginning, I was auditioning for like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Stereotypical Asian parts is what I'll say. Um, And I felt really uncomfortable with that because there are some people who really connect with like their cultures a little more. And not to say I don't connect with Japanese culture or anything, but I I grew up in, uh, you know, Phoenix, Arizona and I had a certain upbringing. So I felt like I had to represent that. You know, because there weren't enough of those. It, it, I feel like, especially because um, there aren't enough Asian people in the media. And um, thankfully, that's changing. But um, because when there were Asian people in the media, it would be playing into a stereotype or there'd be some mention of it um, in a way that's like, oh, you're the butt of the joke but just cuz you're <laughs> just cuz of your ethnicity and so I was trying to avoid that and and really play human people you know that that didn't have to be you know call out my ethnicity so much you know I really tried to even the first pilot that I did I I there was a line that called out being Asian as a laugh line, and I, I got really upset. I, like, called my agents, and they're like, listen, you're small potatoes, so. <laughs> but um, thankfully now I'm, like, a little bit more able to voice my opinions about that sort of thing, especially because everyone is getting on that train, yeah. especially with Crazy Rich Asians and To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Such a good movie. Yeah, both of them. I mean, change the game. And
0: you're absolutely right. Like, I think, you know, I started off wanting to do acting back in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I remember someone telling me that I was going to be cast because of my size and because of where I was from and my accent, that I was going to be taking a lot of stereotypical parts because mm-hmm. it was just different then. I mean, we were talking about 2000s. So we we're talking about 18 years ago. Yeah. It's just a different situation. And Even, like,
1: just five years ago, it was different. Yeah. It's got to be
0: fun to wake up every
1: day and just, I don't want to say be someone else, but portray someone else's story. I mean, it is fun, but it's also so much a business, too. Yeah. So there is that aspect of it. Um, but it, yeah, it's a blast and also kind of scary because especially if you're in the auditioning phase of things, like you, you're maybe not going to rehearsals every day but you're auditioning and putting yourself out there, it is really vulnerable and kind of scary. You don't know if you're doing it right. or <laughs> You're just kind of like, you know, kind of experimenting in front of people. And um, so it can be really challenging and scary, but that's part of the fun in a lot mm. of ways. And I think, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So...
0: You get to do voiceovers and you get to do on screen. Mm. What do you think is like the major key difference between saying stage, screen and literally being a cartoon, like (laughs) literally being a cartoon character?
1: Well, I think being a cartoon character, you can be as outrageous as you want. You can make gurgly noises into the mic. You can do all sorts of things that are just ridiculous and anything goes because it's a cartoon. So that I love about it. And with um, movies versus uh, theater, it, it was interesting because I've been doing theater my whole life. But when I, when I did Waitress, I had been doing um, f- uh, TV for like three years or something, three or four years. And I was like, do I remember how to do this? I was really nervous about that. But it came back and um, yeah, it's just a totally different skill set. You have to like just be able to turn it on right away like with film you have to sit around for hours and hours and just bring it in the moments that you're doing it and focus and like there might be lights falling around you (laughs) there might be like chaos ensuing but you just have to like ride through it and with theater same thing but the audience is kind of in on the joke with you (laughs) you know um yeah, it's it's so different, and you obviously get the immediate immediate gratification, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> All
0: right, so this is a quick fire round. There are no trick questions. Okay. Um, what has been one of the most fun roles you've had a chance to play?
1: Hmm, it's hard to say. I like I find the fun in a lot of the roles if I can, <laughs> um, even if they're serious. I. I feel like Waitress playing Dawn was one of the more fun ones because she was really in my wheelhouse. Um, she was so goofy, and I had a great scene partner, Chris Fitzgerald, who I could just play with every night, and that was so much fun. Um, I also really liked playing um, uh, Yoshimi in Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, which not many people have heard of, but it was like a world premiere um, of this musical based off of the album Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips and um, I played Yoshimi and um, what was really cool about it was the story was uh, basically that this girl finds out that she has cancer and so it's like her kind of struggle uh, with cancer Mm -hmm. in a reality world and a fantastical world where she's battling like pink robots and um, that was a really special meaningful show to me Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: If you could have any superpower, what would it be?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I want to say to fly, but also to disappear. Why can't you have both? Maybe I can. Ooh. Maybe I can disappear into the air flying away. I'm here for this. <laughs> what is your superpower? What is my personal superpower? I don't know. I feel like silent rage.
0: What is (laughs) on your playlist right now?
1: Um, thank you. Next, Ariana Grande, (laughs) obviously on everyone's playlist. Oh
0: man, this is great. This is it. That's all. That's all it has. That was it. We're done. Oh, really? Yeah. I told you it was gonna be that easy. I told you it was gonna be that easy. Thank you so much, Kamiko Glenn. You are amazing. It is 2019 and we are now officially in season two of marvel's voices whether you are new to the show or you are coming back i'm really excited because we have a stellar lineup of interviews that are going to be coming your way we've got some new formatting new programming it's you know what i'm so ready for 2019 i hope you're ready for 2019 please stay tuned and that's it for this week we'll see you next time